I remember before my son was born and going through all the classes and reading all the books and hearing all the advices, the advice of everybody tells you, like, you should do this, you should do that. You should not talk to him that way, do that. And I'm like, and when you had your son, like I had my son and all of a sudden just throw the book out the window because you just, it doesn't, there's no manual. You just learn on your own. Comey Media Group proudly presents Revelations with Cole Johnson. Welcome to Revelations, where we communicate truth to power. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so glad you're able to join us. This man is proud to be a father. How much, do you ask? Well, he has a podcast dedicated to fatherhood. It's entitled No Sitting on the Sidelines Dad Podcast, and this New England native is an absolute joy to talk to. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest on Revelations, Joe Foley. And this is his revelation. Thank you, Cole. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. I really, really enjoy being here. Oh, man, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for, for joining me. All right. Now, you are... In the Boston area, but I don't think you're from Boston exactly, right? No, no, I'm actually from um, I'm north of Boston. I'm usually I'm I live in New Hampshire now, but I'm north a couple towns north of Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm, and I moved up to um, originally I moved up to New Hampshire when I got married, and um, I me and my wife had our son, so we we live right right outside of Manchester, New Hampshire. Manchester, New Hampshire. Ah, so that area I know is prime around what early october of tourists saying ah look at the scenery it's so beautiful ah. <laughs> all the all the leaves changing all the leaf papers show up around yeah late september october mm-hmm. also all i mean we have the apples apple picking have all the apple crisp all the all the pumpkins and it becomes like um one big festival and traffic going north especially in the hampshire which mm-hmm. can be really beautiful especially this time of year i mean that time of year actually with mm-hmm. all the leaves changing and stuff, it's, it's it's very pretty. It's very beautiful and pretty sight. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it, look, I moved to an area in around Nashville where I got a chance to see that for the first time. But it's later in the year, and it blew my mind because when you move from a place like Houston, where the leaves are only one of two colors, either they're <laughs> green or they're brown, <laughs> it's a it's I'm, a welcome change to see eight nine different colors on trees. Well, I mean. I, I mean, I like living up in this in this part of the um, country because we get four seasons. I mean, the summer it can be hot. I mean, you could like just the other day, um, it, we had ninety degree weather and it was the same temperature and same humidity. It was Florida, just kind of unusual. Or it was actually cooler in Arizona that day. And but the four seasons, we get snow. We get you know, we get the four seasons. I'd rather have that than have to deal with hurricanes and tornadoes. And I can I can pick up a shovel. I can shovel the snow. That's not a problem. But I don't feel like dealing with the other other situations other people deal with across the country hmm. i can understand that and yeah dealing with hurricanes is not fun no whole question about that all right so you you say you now live near manchester so what is the what is the difference if slight between living there and living near boston um more living here and living near boston it's not much like actually um it's still a city i live in this um pretty much the same mm-hmm. it's just that we we people all say you know New Hampshire is live free or die. Um, we can have we don't we don't pay sales tax uh, like Mass does. 
Right. Um, but pretty much the same. I mean, it's a little more urban down 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 there where I used to live from Haverhill and, and that area. More inner city and stuff like that. But more, we got cows. I mean, I can get in my car and go 10 minutes down the road, and I'm in the middle of the woods, which I have no idea where I am. <laughs> and, I, and I can see, like, a bunch of trees with maple, um, the maple lines on it. Or I'm, I'm literally about, a, I'll say an hour, an hour and a half, or maybe two, to the mountains, which is nice because you can drive around the street and all the streams. And it's beautiful up here. Beautiful. Yeah, I bet it is. It sounds, it sounds gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Boston, uh, Manchester. That pretty much means you're in the New, New England area. So for fandom, because I know you're a sports fan, I know that means that you are maybe not a hardcore Red Sox fan, maybe not a hardcore Bruins fan, maybe not a hardcore, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe not a hardcore Celtics fan. But I'm assuming you're a hardcore Patriots fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is what, <laughs> that is like one of my favorite teams. I look forward to the, I hate like, when it can like, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to August, the preseason game start and September rolls around. But then again, I really don't want to wish the summer away. <laughs> but I, I, I'm like, oh man, who do they draft? And I'm like, I got to wait three months so that, oh, come on. And then in like, when you're, especially September around here, obviously in the NFL city or anything like that, you, the most coverage is on the team, especially if they win a lot of championships. So it's nice to, um, I like that time of year because you, you, because you could barbecue, you can, um, you go to the games, you can tailgate and, just the hype around it. It's just fun because in baseball, you have nine innings. Mm-hmm. Celtics, you know, basketball, you have four, four quarters and, and, but anything can happen in one minute, like one play, 11 guys in the field, one side, well, I think it's 11, 11 on the other side. Mm-hmm. And Brady can drop back for a pass, one shot, boom, touchdown. Or, right. well, we are, Blunt was our running back, but now he's not, but you can hand him off at all. So he breaks and he tips on like three guys and he runs for a touchdown. It can happen mm-hmm. like that. Things have changed. Like last, last Super Bowl. And I, I honestly didn't think we we're going to win. I, did not think they're going to win. And it was funny is I was over at my buddy's house, which is about an hour away from my where I live now. Uh-huh. And um, I'm like, huh. He's like, yeah, man, you drink. So you shut up because I usually watch games. I'm like, yeah, he goes, you're the black sheep. He's busting my chops. And I'm like, right, I'm heading home because it's, it's over. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving home. I'm getting something to eat. And I'm looking like nobody's leaving. Nobody's leaving these houses. I'm like, there's no traffic. I mean, I think I'd hit traffic because I figured the game was over. So I'm getting, I'm like, I get home. I turn on the game. Around, you know, get close. I'm like, ow. I'll do the dishes. It close. I'm like, oh, I'm sitting on the couch. I can't get up. And I'm like, they won. I can't believe they won. And I'm like, that was a great game. And um, yeah. I, I, Atlanta gave a, I, Atlanta was a great team, but yeah. Yeah. we won. <laughs> it's, it's we won. Right. <laughs> well, I I have a small anecdote for that too. Uh, all right, so I'm watching the game, you know, at home, and my my wife is actually from Georgia, not necessarily from Atlanta, but from Georgia. Most of her family. Or her side of family, most of my that side of my own family are Falcons fans. So of course they were excited when they were up twenty eight to three and dejected when they lost the game. One of my <laughs> cousins in law happens to actually be from Boston, and he was actually <laughs> hosting a Super Bowl party at his house, and he was surrounded, of course, by a whole ton of Falcons fans. And here he is, he's wearing the road Brady jersey with a red, white, and blue Joker's hat on. <laughs> and he takes a picture. <laughs> he takes a picture of himself being overjoyed. And over in the corner is my brother-in-law sunken in a seat. Like, <laughs> I don't believe this junk has happened right now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh, I loved it. Uh, it. It was that was a great that was a great, great picture. <laughs> I, had to take, I think after that game, I had to take my blood pressure to make sure I you know, wasn't going to have a stroke <laughs> or anything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So. 
All right. So you, you've, you've experienced this joy five different times now in the last 16 years. Compare that to the, hmm, the abyss that the Patriots experienced before 2001, because it, it almost seems like it's a tale of two fandoms because I've, I've, I've talked to different Patriots fans and, and those who actually are old enough to remember, you know, the before Tom Brady, when there was a, you know, when you were living and dying on Steve Grogan and then hoping that Tom, Tony Eason was the guy and then seeing that, oh, there's a possibility of success with Drew Bledsoe, but not getting there versus when Brady decided to just reel off Super Bowl rings. Walk me through how fandom was before 2001 and then after. Well, the, the, before 2001, I mean, I remember a little bit of Steve Grogan because I was young and Tony Eason, I started getting the football around Tony Eason. And then Drew Drew came around. I remember watching the draft. And I remember, wow, this is exciting because we had Tony Eason. And um, and and watching all the games, you you get so far and then you you lose it, or you get so far and you lose it. And and um, it was you almost like expected to lose, uh, or you're like almost like waiting them to let you down again. <laughs> and like and then all of a sudden, you you sense the change when the crafts took over for the the um the team, and um, they had Belichick when they when they. They stole Belichick from the Jets. I, I feel, but yeah, yeah, they did. But it was, I mean, it was the greatest. Um, it was the greatest thing they ever did. And um, once you could see a little bit what was going on, and and then it was, it was, it was hard to fall. It was hard in the first, but all of a sudden they started reeling off championships, and it was exciting because I remember watching the first championship game, and then when he kicked that field goal, I was like, and the military goes back, it, it, it's good. And, and mm-hmm. I was over at Buddy's house and we're all like cheering. It's great. And, and people beeping horns on the way home. And I had, you know, <laughs> like, and then I never expected him to, to win five championships, right. but you watch, you watch every season. And, and it's like a, I could use, I guess they use do your job. I guess sort of that's their model last oh, year. And, model, yeah. and everybody does their job and they'll win championships. Nobody's bigger than the whole. And that's, that's a great concept, I guess, for anything. I mean, work, life, nobody, I mean, especially in a, if you're at a team at work, nobody's bigger than the whole and you do your job and, and you'll have success. Yeah, that's a really good message, actually. And for, for all the things that people can hate about the Patriots, one of the things that I actually do love about them is the fact that it is modeled even in the, in the greatest player on the team. Cause Brady even believes that, well, you know, Hey, I may have a supermodel for a wife who earns more than me, but you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I may get celebrity uh, status, but I'm still one of the guys. And look, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm for the team. That is rare that you actually see that modeled in your quarterback, and and it permeates all throughout the rest of the team that way. And 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 it is a great, it's a great message that you send that you know that we are a team. That yeah, we all have our parts, and some probably contribute more than others, but we are a team, and we move as a team. We succeed as a team. We fail as one. And if we actually move as a team, we more than likely will succeed more than fail at it at mm-hmm. it being one. And of course, sixteen years of that and five rings—that's the proof, you know. But it, it's amazing. It's amazing how they could tell that story just by how they move. And I love that about the Patriots. Well, you notice that anybody who gets their heads get a little bit too big, they don't last very long on the team. No, either they they, they cut them or they let them go. I mean, mm-hmm. we had a safety. I forgot the safety's name. He his head got a little big, big, big for himself, and mm-hmm. he wasn't very, wasn't long around very long. And and um, I remember hearing reading stories, articles about what Belichick does is he doesn't care who you are, <laughs> Brady. He'll mm-hmm. rip you a new one, and and if he did great, he'll find what you did wrong. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. it doesn't let it doesn't let any of the 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 superstars get a big ego. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you're talking about Lawyer, Lawyer Malloy. Yeah, yeah. Lawyer Malloy, and there was the other one. Um, there was another guy too. He had a rap song too. I forgot what it was. He was um, Mayweather. 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 Or, um, oh, Merriweather. Yes, Merriweather. Yeah, he got a little. He got a little. Got a little bit of cocky. <laughs> got a little. Mm-hmm. Got a little big for himself, and and um, they they let him. They cut him. He's just you know he when you come more you think you're more than the team you don't last very long there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and and if and even if he can sniff that you want a big time contract, <laughs> you're <laughs> off the team. It, it, and it doesn't even have to be cut. You, you can find a <laughs> you can find a trade partner. I'm like wow. <laughs> and even if they contribute, <laughs> if you're like okay, yeah, I want to be payday. Oh yeah, you're not part of the team because that's not really what we believe in, and you wouldn't fit our budget. So you gotta go. It's it's amazing. It's amazing how they continually do that and they continually succeed. They, they have to be doing something right. Their formula is if you don't, they, they must have some formula that if you don't do this, this, and this, you don't equal this. I mean, and, and it's worked because every time they cut somebody mm-hmm. or, and they let them go, it, it seems like they're either out of the league or they're a third string or they retire. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they must know something. I mean, in mm-hmm. Belichick, I'm almost like, He's like the evil genius. I want to get a hoodie sweatshirt so I can walk around with my sleeves cut off during, during football season. But I'm like, I, I want to be the evil genius like Yoda. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Job you do. I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> All right. So I am actually envious of you because not only have you gotten a chance to see your team succeed on levels that most other franchises would love to have happen, but you've actually got the chance to visit one of the landmark stadiums arenas or parks so tell me that first time you actually went to fenway how did it feel oh and, um i was 17 years old oh it's maybe 17 it was senior high school i bought tickets for 12 dollars. you can say that now 12 dollars. now they're like, like 10 15 times more than that now mm-hmm. and sit in the stadium grab out actually not sitting i should say when i first walked in it was exciting i took my buddy it was fourth around the fourth of july and we went into the stadium and we got our concessions and i walked up and it's like, wow, it, it doesn't look as big as it was on television. Um, and, but it was amazing. It was an experience being there because when I was that age, all I, all I could do was watch it on television because I couldn't afford a ticket. And in the history that behind it and the Red Sox and the smell of the popcorn and the hot dogs and the guy. And it's just, it, it's a great experience being there. And just the, it's just this, it's just this, the atmosphere. It was a great experience. Yeah. I'm, I'm transporting myself there now and I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, Sound like I mean, peanuts, not like the hot peanuts they should throw, throw, and the and the hot dogs and every. I mean, <laughs> I can have a hot dog. You're in the corner, five guys got to pass you the hot dog and five guys pass you the money back. But hey, you know, hope they mm-hmm. have the hands clean because I don't know, I'm touching my hot dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that's such a very baseball ish type of vibe and feel and smell. You know, peanuts and hot dogs and of course beer too. But I mean, it's just that feel and to have that at a historic park too, along with it. Yeah, I can only imagine how how your brain was because my brain would probably feel the same way if i were in there the first time and just look around and just take in the sights and hear the sounds and and probably say the same thing man it looks much larger on television i probably would say the exact same thing <laughs> i think of the same thing when, when uh, like foxwell stadium and stuff like that it's mm-hmm. it's always it always looks bigger on television always yeah mm-hmm. yeah that, well, then that's a good stadium actually uh i haven't been there but just the looks of it yeah that the bigger gray from the previous one. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can I tell you this? I got to tell you. Can I tell you the story please, about Foxborough? Please, oh, please, please. My buddy who just got recently got uh, a couple of years ago um, season ticket. So we had a first time season ticket holder meeting, and we got to go down on the field. 
throw a football around on the on the actual field. Man. And um, guy was covering me, threw me a, a, an end zone pass, and I, I got to catch this pass in the end zone. I got to catch it, and I caught it, mm-hmm. and I landed on my rib cage. And I'm like, oh, oh. took the wind out of me. It's like, okay, I caught a pass in the end zone. It's great. I don't care. I'll suffer for the next three weeks. Would have mm-hmm. hurt bruised ribs. It was worth it. Oh, but, man. but it was great throwing the football, being down the stadium, looking up, going, seeing their vision and what they see during um, the football games. It was a great experience. Oh, wow. Well, sorry for the hurt ribs, but man, I know that had to be exciting. Oh, it was, wow. it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. <laughs> it's absolutely awesome. Wow. Oh, my. Oh, so you earlier said that that uh, you moved from the Boston area up to where you live now because of your wife. Uh, are you married now? Um, I am still married, but I'm in the process right now of going through a divorce. And that is a very difficult step just uh, just to be in that that area. Uh, hmm. Oh, hmm. How has moving there now? Uh, how does it feel there being there now versus when you first moved there? Has that changed for you? Like, uh, do you look at the things that you go about in your everyday life the same or does it have a different feel to you? No, it, it seems it, I mean, going through the process of, um, you know, like divorce and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's it feels it feels the same. I mean, you loss of a family it kind of stinks, but you still got to yeah. go through your daily do your daily life. And the area doesn't change much. Um, it's just. You're both in different locations, like down the street, but it it, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel any different. It's just um, when you're not together, it, with, with a, especially when you have a child, you're not in the same spot. Mm-hmm. It's a little um, an emotional and uncomfortable. I don't know if it's uncomfortable, but emotional. Uh, well, it, it, it's uncomfortable, too. No question. I'm sure it's emotional. <laughs> in <laughs> fact, I, I know it's emotional. And uh, the fact that you're able to, uh, to, to, to be upright living in not feeling as though the world is crumbled on top of you. Although I know at times you might, might feel that way. It's, it's a testament to you. And that's what leads me to your no sitting on a sideline dad podcast. Now you are the proud father of a son, correct? Yes. Okay. And you have this, I guess now, uh, <laughs> audio <laughs> journal. I mean, cause that's sort of how I look at it. That's sort of how I look at your podcast. It's sort of like an audio journal that like you're chronicling this time period of, you know, how's it going to be being a person who is involved in my in my son's life and and the things that I'm going through along with it. And it could be things that are tied to your son. It could be things that are loosely tied to your son, like separation and divorce. So go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I don't know if you well, my podcast is um. It's not, a, like you said, an audio journal about what I wanted to, my intention was being an audio journal about my journey about being a dad mm-hmm. and an involved parent. Right. And it was fun because I realized I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like when, but like I remember before my son was born and going through all the classes and reading all the books and hearing all the advices, the advice of everybody tells you, like, you should do this, you should do that. You should not talk to them that way, do that. And I'm like, and when you had your son, like I had my son and all of a sudden, just throw the book out the window because you just, it doesn't, it's no manual. You just learn on your own. So my, my podcast is basically my journey. And it's fun because I get to meet interesting people, like talk about divorce, talk about sugar addiction, eye parenting, um, depression. I mean, goal setting it. it and it's kind of cool because I get to talk to these experts and I'm learning too. And it's fun. And it's fun. It's, it's a fun journey so far. Mm-hmm. I, I could I imagine it being a fun journey. And I make I a lot of cool friends on the way too. It's fun. <laughs> that that's even better. That totally is even better. Uh, let's see. 
What motivated the title? Why? Why no sitting on the sideline, Dad? What motivated motivated this title is I I I grew up. I mean, I come from a divorced family myself, and my dad was our relationship when he wasn't really around. That was because of the divorce. I don't know what the decision with my parents were, but I was young. Mm-hmm. But I never had a dad who was involved. I my mom was there when she did the best she could. I had a stepdad who was never involved, and so mm-hmm. no sitting on the sideline. Dad podcast is me not sitting on the sideline and and being involved. It, it, it was just trying to figure out what's the best situation for my son or um, trying to figure about digital parenting or, you know, sugar or depression. So I can be involved in my son's life when he gets older because he's he's going to be turning four. And it's funny because, like I said before, the, there's no manual. you got to figure this out. And there's the best way to get involved in, in trying to try to get in, and get things done and try to figure this stuff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the one thing that, that I have heard with many parents that, yeah, you don't have a manual <laughs> and you find out quick how much you don't know. So yeah, I, I totally, totally get that. Totally get that. And that, that was always the most intriguing thing about your podcast, the name. Cause you know, I, I get, I get the sports element to it too. You know, when you're not a part of the action, you're sitting on the sideline and you don't want to be that as a parent fully get that. And I always thought that was a really good hook for me. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Right. It's 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 a good hook. I mean, it's a, it's because it, it, I get you want to get involved. You got to mm-hmm. get involved. You got to be there because you know it. it you always hear the stories, and um, especially you know, or other when the past generations, the father come home, the mother have dinner, should take care of the kids. The the father would sit in the couch, drink a beer, and and fall asleep. I mean, that's no fun. I mean, you make a decision to have a child, you want to be involved. It because time goes by so quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, four years. I mean, I'm looking be four years next month, and I'm like, holy crap, he's. He looks when he was born. He looked like a little ball of clay. Now he's can. <laughs> now he turns. He has hands and a head and feet. Now he can talk. Now he's trying to call me to buy him a, a matchbox car. And he's like three and a half, going on thirty. He's like the ultimate negotiator. <laughs> right, Daddy goes. He goes. This is famous. This is his newest saying. Goes, Daddy, you have a boy. You must buy me a toy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> or the other one is. We had to go to the store in the Walmart, which is in our area. And I had to pick up something that goes, Daddy, I want to transform. I say, No, you can't. Maybe can I have a small car instead? No, you're not getting. But it's just a small car. I'm like, No. I'm like, I'm like, you're, How old are you? <laughs> and because it's like, it gets, it's so fun in, in experiencing it because that's what I want to be. Because I want to be a dad who's involved because I'm something I missed as a child, which probably the reason from the title of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And it's, it's beautiful to hear that. It's beautiful to hear that you gave birth to a possible lawyer, but <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm not to really think so. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I can hear the love you have for your son right now. And that's, it's beautiful. I love hearing that. Here's a very difficult question to ask uh, because you know, when I was on your show, of course I talked about my own divorce and how, and, and how it, it impacted my life and how I had to, make that move to become more responsible for myself and, and lick those wounds and not have it be a part of my life. What is the best part of this journey, this particular journey, which is rough to you at the moment thus far, if you can pick anything? I mean, a good part of this whole journey about going for the divorce. Yeah. And I know it's uh, difficult. What's the good part of it? Um, It's, it's a tough question. I mean, I could, mm-hmm. it's tough to answer that one because, um, we're, the, we're in the process I am right now. It's kind of hard because I see all right now. I see um, anger 
and hurt and, and frustration and sadness. And but the good part is the relationship with my son. It I'm I'm I, I think one thing I take away. This is probably a good thing I guess is my I have to do a thing with my like we have I don't have a backup. I don't have a teammate to take care of it. Like when you're married, you have a teammate. You can it's almost like um well it's zone coverage. That's what I heard. That's what somebody used a good sport analogy. Zone <laughs> coverage. You got to use the bathroom. Hey, the wife will take care of it and you can, you can switch off. Mm-hmm. When you buy yourself, you get, I guess the positive thing is you learn new skills. It's not mm-hmm. that I didn't have the skills before. I knew as I had younger brothers and sisters, I used to help take care of them since I was 12 years old. So I know how to change diapers. I knew all that stuff, but it's the confidence you, I think the confidence you build in getting involved, in doing the stuff. I mean, I've always been when I'm in the morning, I get up in the morning, especially now when he's with me in the morning, um, before I got dropped off at school, I get up at five o'clock. I'm like, I could do X, Y, and Z by five 30. I get his breakfast ready, get him up by quarter of six, get him on there. And, and I have a time schedule. It's not, not written down, but it's in my head. But, um, I learned different, different skills that I had before, but I, and I knew I can do them, but now I really need to do them. So I guess the new skills and the new confidence that I can get through this. Mm, that is a really positive, that's a really positive way of looking at it. And when you get to that, when you get to that stage, the one beautiful part about it is, you learn that you actually had strengths that you didn't know beforehand. And it's beautiful and it serves a greater purpose, not just for you, but for others who love you. For instance, like your son, I mean, he, he will, he will get a more involved father and it's unfortunate that this is happening, but he will get a more involved father because you just want to love. And that's the one thing that I know about you, just in knowing you, that you just have this energy to want to impart positivity and happiness and love. And the one thing about pain is that if you if you channel it the right way, if you understand that it's not really good for you from the standpoint of holding it and harboring it, but it's good for you in learning the lesson of whatever ailed you and you can turn that into something else and help other people along their journey, then the benefit of that situation turns so positive. You know, so what probably the most positive part about this journey, what does your son mean to you? My son, what my son means to me, everything. He's he's the little version, not say little version of me, but he means everything to me. Um, just just seeing him grow and 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 turn this little man and and spending time with him. I mean, I do not. If anybody likes Plato, I do not like Plato. I cannot stand <laughs> Plato. It's not that it's a great thing. It's fun because quality time spending with him is most important. Because time over money, I could buy him things or I can spend time with him, and, and I think time is more important with him. And he means that much to me. I mean, there's times that I'm like when I first was um, left with separate, separate from my wife. Mm-hmm. And then those first weekend I had with him, I was deathly ill. I was like, I just moved in. I got a fever of a hundred and he still wants my attention. And just being there, I, I didn't spend a time. He was, he, he wanted my attention. And I, I'm like, um, dad is not feeling that great, but you know what? It's important to him. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's important to me because even every time I drop him off at a daycare, or I don't see him for a period of time. It's it's sad. It, it it's a sad situation. And when I want to see him, it's like I'm gonna hug him. I want to spend time with him, and he means that much to me. Because in the day, time is all we got. Because you can't you can't buy time. You can't you, you get you it because you know what? He's not gonna make it. You can't make up money. I think I keep saying this, but money can't buy time. Money can't buy time. Mm, yeah, the most important commodity we have is time. Yeah, no question about that. Man, I mean, I, I could talk to you forever. Oh, <laughs> I, I really could, man. I really could. Uh, but I have one more question to ask you uh, before I wrap this up. Out of your whole 
uh, podcast uh, career, which spans a few months. If you have to pick one episode that means a lot to you, which one would it be? Oh, it means a lot to me. Um, damn, that's a lot of them. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's they're, okay. they're, 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 what means a lot to me. Um, I just recently did. I got what means a lot to me. I just recently did um a podcast where the I would say a celebrity. I don't say when talking to podcast community, a person who's pretty um that's released actually, but up there in the podcast community, and I got a chance to talk to him, and um, and he had, he wanted to come on my show, and I'm like, really? It's just I'm just a dude with a microphone and a and a computer, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And um, it was Jared Easley from um, Star of the Doubt, and. I'm like, all I had to do was ask. He was wanted to come on. He was gracious. He was humble. Oh man. I was like doing dances in the street. You don't understand. When he said yes, I ran down my hallway. I'm like, I wanted to do like, you know, see if I don't remember the old TV show from um, I don't know, I forgot the show, but you do the dance of joy. Oh man, I was doing the dance of joy. Mm-hmm. But but all all my podcast, all the different topics and all the different people I met, it was a great experience because I get to meet individual people with in, in the fields they are from depression talking people talk about their books about um divorce parent i got to talk about a documentary from a woman from argentina about parent alienation i mean I, it's hard to just to pick one yeah. or, or any person or particular guest i like them all because yeah. i like making the connection making and, and find out what their story is and helps build my self-confidence in my speaking ability because when you when especially going through a divorce and stuff like that you feel alone you feel you feel you feel isolated and especially when you get older, it's hard. I'm not saying it's hard to make friends and get older, but you feel isolated. And this is the way I get to reach out to other people and talk to them. And it's kind of cool when you go to pick up your son and one of your son's best friends, dad listens to your podcast. Oh, I'm like, man. you, you, you really listen to my podcast. That is, Oh, that's awesome. And, or a person asks you and somebody asks me about it, go, give me a phone. Just give me a phone. Oh, see, that's me. I'm in iTunes. They're like, I, they don't really know the process, how, how it is getting iTunes. But to them, that's like, I won like I got on some big TV show or something because they don't really don't know how to get on into iTunes. Wow, that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, it, wow, that, that yeah, that would have to yeah, that would be hit. That would be up there for me too. And uh, yeah, congratulations on the Jared Easley interview. That's that, that is awesome. Wow, uh, he was he he is one of the best. I think the one of the nicest and most kind person and humble person I've ever talked to. Mm. And yeah, that's saying a lot. Wow. Well, this is normally the time of the show where I. I open the floor to you. So if you have any parting shots like to Jets fans or (laughs) (laughs) or if you have any words of wisdom that you want to pass along to my VIPs, the floor is yours. Oh, one thing I like to say, and I I keep ending with my podcast. I usually end up with this, um, you know, time's limited, time's short, Um, you know, especially if you have kids and or loved ones, hug them, tell them much you love them and spend time because, like I said, time's short and it's important and give them a hug. Everybody loves hugs. At least I do. And mm. that would be, that would be, um, that would be one of my parting advice to anybody. And, um, yeah, that would be my parting advice. Cause time's short, man. I can't believe I'm 42. It feels like I still feel like I'm 20 in my mind, but it's time. Time goes by quick. Yeah, it does. And I, I do love hugs too. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that with you totally on that. Well, I will have where you can reach this wonderful man in the show notes and. I'm telling you, my life has been more enriched just by knowing him on my end. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast host of No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, Mr. Joe Foley. Joe, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Cole. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Divorce is a really painful situation, subject matter, and ordeal to go through. You experience a death on earth, and it is probably the most painful thing you could suffer through outside of the death of a loved one. But through it all, he manages, Joe does, to focus on his son. The word says a good person leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. I'm proud of Joe for wanting to, even in these times, stick close to his son and still rear him to be a bright, cheerful, responsible young man. It's a really good lesson to learn, and hopefully it seeps within my soul as it does yours. For changing the world one conversation at a time, I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelations. For more of Revelations, go to Pippa spelled P-I-P-P-A dot I-O.